wasn't very good but it just like <laughs> kind of like missed my hand my own hand it's like embarrassing this is neither the time nor the place <laughs> welcome to cool story everybody i have several things to discuss prior to the chapter that uh some of them i may or may not have been a little bit high while i was thinking about it so you can <laughs> guess which ones those might have been i can't wait okay so first of all did you listen to karen's Karen uh, shit, I didn't oh, again. Oh, God. Okay, okay tonight. Well, tonight. Staying on the list. Text me, and I will do it tonight. Okay. Item number two is, I realized that if Nell... Remember Nell? Yes. The movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. If Nell was a recording artist, it would be Fiona Apple. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, I think the sound would be a little different. <laughs> do you mean, like, the mood? The the sort of just approach to the world. <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll accept Thank it. You. Oh Item number gosh. three. I realized that our current ways of referring to eras of time, like BC or uh, um, AD. some people say CE uh-huh. or AD, I feel like what would be much, much more helpful is BC versus BP. Okay. And so instead of instead of BC, we're gonna go BP, which is before photographs. <laughs> Isn't that a lot more helpful? Why? Why would that be more helpful? <laughs> well, like it's just one of those things where if somebody was like, "Wow, when did that happen? When was the Renaissance?" You can think to yourself, "Well, have I ever seen a photograph of the Renaissance?" No. So that was BP um, before photographs. I'm okay with BP being a thing. <laughs> I'm okay with it being a thing. I'm not okay with it replacing any current time system. Ugh, fine. No one knows. When was the first photograph taken? Don't look it up. I'm going to say. The end. I'm going to say 1850. Fell apart. 1850. 1850. Yeah. Baloney. I'm looking it up now. 1826. See? Okay. I'm pretty proud of myself. I. Price is the right rules. I got you within lost. You blew it. I got within twenty six years of when it was done. Bum, bum, no, twenty four years. Oh. I won. I won. I get that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it goes to the person who said one BC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, item number four. My brother has texted me and said directly, "Matt is totally wrong about Milo Ventimiglia." <laughs> <laughs> He is so beautiful. As a matter of fact, just coincidentally, I was showing Davey pictures of him today. <laughs> <laughs> Under what context? Because he's so hot. You literally just looked up photos and then did a little a little slideshow no, for Davey. I went on Hulu and I saw that I have a new episode of This Is Us to watch because I'm obsessed because I like to cry. And also two of the hottest people in the world are on that show. Um... <laughs> And Mandy Moore, you know, I'm obsessed. I know you, you would watch anything with Mandy Moore. Seriously. So I she, saw I him. really like her. Yeah. She's a really bad actor when she's playing the old version of herself. Oh, like, you know, Princess Diaries days? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, we saw him on the screen and I was like, oh, he's so handsome. So I told Davey that I, in the last podcast, said that he was one of the most beautiful people in the world. 
And then he uh-huh. needs to substantiate it. So I started Googling photos. Did he agree? Do. He said he's really hot. I don't know if he said he's the most beautiful person, but he said he's really did hot. Did you show him? Did you start with a photo of his little short shorts? I, now, because that photo came out, you can't not. It's like one of the first results. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even have to search for it specifically. The top result is not a photo of his face. It's of his thighs. When you search his name, uh, Milo Ventimiglia or whatever, the next line on Google is shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the next suggested line is shorts now. I love that. But the best version of him is on This Is Us when they do the flashback scenes to like the 70s. And he's got that <laughs> mustache. Of course. What is that artist, like the Toms of Holland, the gay, ar- the oh, gay yeah. artist? Oh, yeah, Tom, is that Tom of is? Holland. Tom, okay, he looks like he could just pose in one of those pictures. <laughs> it's not Tom of Holland. What is it? It's something like that. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tom of Finland. Finland! <laughs> you were doing Tom Holland. <laughs> I said, was it Toms of Holland? And I asked. <laughs> you confirmed I knew I, I could be wrong. You just picked another random country, though. No, but it's Lind. It ends in Lind. Okay, well, is and it Tom's of Poland? No, it's Finland, but I, I was a good guess because <laughs> it was the right first name. It was the right amount of syllables, and it had a Lind. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I want to recommend that you check out a subreddit, mm. and it is called Don't Dead Open Inside. Don't. And it's people posting pictures of, like, signage. Oh, oh, I get it. Is almost incomprehensible because of the way that they've positioned the words, and it's based on the Walking Dead, where they had on on the left door, don't open, and on the right door, dead inside. But you read it, don't dead, open inside. (laughs) I got it. I like that. That one's fun. I I've gotten some really good laughs out of that one. Yeah, I love. Um, I would love more subreddit recommendations now that I'm trying to learn Reddit a little bit. So, you heard it, folks. Send Matt your subreddit recommendations. Yeah, I'm interested. I like to laugh. <laughs> it's like a dating profile. I like, <laughs> I to, like laugh. to laugh. I <laughs> I like walking on the beach. I like hiking. <laughs> Staying healthy. Okay, my last item for you is: Have you ever heard of Masterclass? Yes. Okay, there was a a day like right before the first of the year where Masterclass was like $12 for a year. And so I got it and I watched a Steve Martin thing, but I wanted to bring it up because currently the newest edition is N.K. Jemisin and she is uh, doing a Masterclass on writing. Oh my God, that's awesome. I would love that. Yeah, so here we are. Here we are and it's... Surprise, it's me first. (laughs) (laughs) And if you remember, we're at chapter 25. This is book three, Dragon Reborn. And this chapter is titled Questions. I've got plenty. So many questions. What questions do you have? After this chapter, I've got plenty. Okay, great. Okay, and the icon is the moon and stars, which is that Mm. maniac land fear. (laughs) (laughs) And we begin the chapter right where we left off. These these last like I feel like six or seven chapters, we haven't done a lot of jumping around. It's been solidly. With it's these, been very Tarvalon. Yeah. yeah. So it's Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine in the room together. They have all of the papers that Varen had supplied them with sort of spread out. It looks like a study hall. And they're mm-hmm. sort of all dealing with the anxiety in their own way. They're all a little frustrated. They've gone over all the papers. They've gone over all the documents. And they don't feel like they're any further along. 
Mm-hmm. So Nynaeve is, of course, you know, tugging at her braid and sort of having <laughs> a little temper in the corner. And Elaine is kind of rifling through the documents. And I started to think about Nynaeve playing with her braid now that I have long, long hair again. And I do <laughs> notice I literally cannot. When I'm frustrated or stressed out at work or like deep in thought, I cannot keep my hands off my hair. <laughs> oh my God, I play with my hair constantly. I totally get it now. <laughs> and uh, Egwene is using this time to try to sort through all of these dreams that she's been having lately. She's wondering if any of them have any significant meeting now that she... Did I say meeting? You sure did. <laughs> uh, well, I think she's really thinking about their meaning more than the meeting. Well, I it's it's fine that you had to stop because I I couldn't stop thinking about. I just realized. <laughs> sorry, I was possessed by a demon. I just realized that Nynaeve's hair is described as like waist length, and I was thinking, God, that's going to be a really heavy wig. Oh my god! So Egwene is thinking about all of her dreams, and I. Tr- I- there's a lot of there. I was going to start quoting it, but I realized I'll be here all day. So I just kind of jotted down a little bit about each of the dreams. If I've forgotten something significant, stop me. But I feel like her dreams are going to be important, like Min's visions are and stuff. So okay. she starts thinking about the dreams she's had specifically about Rand or Aes Sedai. And here's a few hot takes. She has <laughs> one about uh, Sean Chan with a bunch of collared what appear to be Aes Sedai, and they're forcing them to attack the White Tower, seemingly against their will, which, mm-hmm. I mean, sounds just like Damani, but I, it seems like it's a more current attack on the White Tower, from what okay. I'm reading. And then she has a dream, she's had a dream about her father having his hands tied up by white cloaks. Yikes. She has one about <laughs> Rand being trapped by a net, a net, as he's reaching for when I was a little kid and my grandma used to take me to the grocery store, there was a checker whose name was Annette, and she was our favorite because she would always give us Rolos. Oh, Annette. Shout out to yep. Annette. <laughs> do you remember the movie The Net with Sandra Bullock? Of course I do. Iconic. I, I remember that movie being good too, but do you think it is? I'm sure it's terrible, but I remember loving it. Do you think Sandra Bullock is a good actress? I do. I think she picks and chooses... <laughs> I feel like I've only ever really seen her in The Net and Miss Congeniality. Oh. Oh, and Practical Magic. Hello, Practical Magic. I feel like I'm not naming, like, top-tier movies right now. Uh, Have you seen Speed? Or Gravity? Yeah, again, I'm not sure that that's a great movie. (laughs) Uh, True. Well, I think Speed 1 is probably good, if you consider the time. She was really good at Gravity. Not Traffic Control or whatever, Cruise Control. (laughs) Oh, God. I did not even see that one. Uh, she was in Crash, which is a controversial movie, oh, but I yeah, I I've heard that a lot of people love that one. I liked that movie at the time. I think looking back on it, they didn't really deal with race in the most like I don't know great way, best way. But I liked her character in it. She was like a horrible white woman who has to realize she's horrible, <laughs> but they used like well, people of color to have her do it, so that's not great. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. Anyway, I think she's a gifted actress. I just don't think she always picks the best parts. Okay, I'll blame it on the writing. <laughs> And I like her a lot, like, in interviews and things like that. I just love her. Great. If you want to know some of my likes and dislikes. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, has been Matt's hot takes. Back to Egwene's hot takes. (laughs) She also has a dream about um, a bunch of dragons attaching themselves to Rand's skin. Just kind of weird. And him walking into, like, a fiery cave opening in a mountain. 
she mentions quickly a confrontation between Rand and Sean Chan in a dream. She doesn't know what any of it means, but it's really worrying her because Anaya has told her previously that when dreamers had dreams about Taverin, they were almost always significant. And the more Taverin they were, <laughs> she says, the uh, closer the dreams went from probably to certainly important. Mm, mm-hmm, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Like the more Taverin you are, like that's mm-hmm. so Taverin. <laughs> that's so raven exactly um but this has her thinking more about the dream she's had about the other taverin she remembers a dream she's had about perrin with a falcon on his shoulder and also perrin with a hawk on his shoulder and she for some reason believes them both to be female and that the hawk was trying to leash him weird she also has dreams about perrin leading a huge pack of wolves not weird um, but in those dreams, he's bearded, and she's shocked to see him bearded. Or she thinks it's so That's funny. That's the weird part. Yeah. She's like, Perrin with a beard? And I'm like, he's daddy now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, she has a dream about Matt taking his left eye out and putting it on a balance scale. I hope it's glass. She has one about Matt hanging from a tree. That's pretty scary. And then she says she has a nightmare about Matt and the Sean Chan. She just chalks that to a nightmare. I have a feeling it's probably a nightmare when it happens, whatever it is. And dreams of him speaking in the old tongue, which isn't surprising to her because of the ceremony. I love this kind of shit. <laughs> so what do you think about each of those? I'm guessing that the Sean Chan attack in the White Tower, that seems to be like what their goal is. So that wouldn't be surprising if that's something that they would be plotting. I don't know what the thing about her father with the white cloaks would be. I don't know if they're like, maybe would capture him to try to get to her or Rand. Mm-hmm. The net. Okay. I hope the net thing is a metaphor because if something happens with him and the, you know, the sword, that's not really a sword and everything. And it's him getting trapped by a net. It's going to be kind of <clears throat> lame, but I hope it's just a so metaphor. So you hope it's a, a, a metaphor. I, I hope it's a me- I, I hope he doesn't get trapped at all, but I hope if a- it's- you just don't want it to be an actual net. No, it's like the tongues. What? <laughs> What if they drop an anvil or a piano? If it says Acme on it, I'll accept it. Great. <laughs> and then the uh, the dragons on Rand's skin, I'm hoping it's just a metaphorical dream of him being the dragon and not being able to escape it. The opening in the mountain, I wonder if that's the mountain. Um, didn't, like, wasn't there something about the, in the very first book when we read about LTT and the, like, breaking of the world, wasn't there, like, a mountain that formed at the end of it or something? Yeah, that's Dragon Mount. Okay, I wonder if that's what the cave is in the mountain okay and then the other things i really don't know the parent stuff i mean the pack of wolves obviously has to do with him like i was saying in the last episode how i thought i'm starting to think perrin matt and rand might all be sort of reincarnations for lack of a better mm-hmm. term mm-hmm. and so i'm guessing whoever perrin is of was a bearded man the falcon on his shoulder or the hawk i don't know what they mean but because they're both female I assume that there's going to be two female characters that he's like split between, and the hawk mm-hmm. is the bad one, I guess, mm-hmm. if they're trying to leash him. The eyeball thing, I really hope it's just some sort of like strange thing about whoever he is reincarnated to be, something he okay. had done. And the Matt and the Sean Chan nightmare is the one I'm like most concerned about. Matt hanging from a tree must be how whoever he used to be met their end or something. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Did I miss anything in those dreams? No, right? I don't think so. Um, Elaine continues looking at all the papers, and they've been at this all night, so Egwene already knows what's going to happen next. And she's looking at Nynaeve and seeing her reaction and thinking, okay, three, 
two, one, <laughs> and and then Nynaeve shouts at Elaine and says, like, put the papers away. They're all pointless trash. This is a total waste of time. Sick of this. Egwene resets her little, like, internal timer for Nynaeve's next freakout. Yeah. And Elaine does notice that in the papers that they've looked over a million times with this list of all the Aes Sedai that were with Leandro when she left that are supposedly in the Black Aja, the thing she does notice is that each Aes Sedai or each Aja has lost two members, according to this, and that where all the Aes Sedai's home cities were, there's no, like, pattern either. It's all spread out sort of evenly. Mm-hmm. And so then Neve is like, okay, well, maybe it's a little helpful. <laughs> and she says, she makes, like, a cute um, compliment, and she's like, if watching her, your mother run the court the way she has, like, helps you think like this, then she's grateful. And Elaine feels a little better for a second. But then... Yeah, she's a little smarty. She is. But then Egwene mm-hmm. is like, well, that pattern is interesting, but that could be a ruse in itself, and they could want us to think that. And so mm-hmm. Elaine is kind of like, forget it! <laughs> I'm sick of this. <laughs> it's all trash. You're right. I don't even know why I'm doing this. And she says something, instead of saying grasping at straws, she says she's building a bridge out of straws. I like that metaphor. Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve feels kind of bad, and she's like, calm down, calm down. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are useful. We'll keep trying. Plus, we have that list of Tarangriel, and even the mention of the list seems to make them all uncomfortable, and we find out why in a second. So I kind of just listed them. I think, yeah, I think I got them all. So there's a clear crystal rod that's listed, and it's one foot long and one inch in diameter, and they don't know what it's used for. A <gasps> Matt. What? I had a realization. What? I might have already said this on a previous episode, but remember how Pythos sent us in the clarification of what fluting is? Yeah. Did I read that already, right? No, you looked it up, I think. Or did Oh you... shoot. So we might actually have Pythos corrections that I missed. Hang on. Maybe. I don't think we heard what fluting is from Pythos. They sent us a picture of fluting, remember? Because the the rod yeah. that Swan used to heal Matt was fluted. Yes. And the picture they sent me is basically like it's imagine like roman columns like with the vertical lines that go all the way up uh-huh that's fluting oh okay so in my mind then the oath rod looks like a or not the oath rod the uh the rod that swan was using to heal matt mm-hmm. looks like a churro yes i guess it does that's not how i was picturing it reading fluted but now we know i know <laughs> so the clear crystal crystal rod the first one they described i thought it sounded like the one they used during matt's healing Welcome to the stage, Clear Crystal Rod. <laughs> Not quite. A, she's a newer queen. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I want, I wonder if it's for the same purpose, but I guess it wouldn't say use on none. Then there was an alabaster figurine of an unclothed woman um, said use unknown, but I thought it sounded like a um, like an ungreal. Mm, yeah. That's what it sounded it's like It kind of me. sounds, because like Moraine has the little cross-legged sitting man. Yeah. And they had another one that they, yeah. So... And then there was an iron disc, three inches in diameter with um, engravings on both sides that looked like a spiral. And that one had a use unknown. There was a wooden carving of a hedgehog the size, the size of a thumb that they don't know exactly what it does, but they know that when people have channeled with it before, they've fallen asleep. Listen. That was cute. I think I think hedgehogs are really cute, mm-hmm. and I really want this Tarangriel. Me too. It sounds so cute, and I would love to it use that. It sounds really cute. <laughs> uh oh uh, there's a fluted rod here so there's a fluted black rod of stone oh so it's an overcooked churro (laughs) yeah it's it's not a good one 
It's black, it's a pace long, and it produces bale fire. And she doesn't know what bale fire is, but it says in Varen's handwriting, like in all capital letters, dangerous and almost impossible to control. And I think it said like it was written so aggressively that it like ripped the paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just picture Varen like writing this down, like yeah. making sure it's really clear. Um, and then there's a carved cluster of six dice that ra- that the only use for it is that they know it changes chance. Like, they have different instances where, like, when being used by someone, like, they always rolled the right dice or some stuff like that. And then Nynaeve yeah. thinks that Matt would like it, which, you know, mm-hmm. sounds like he would. It's literally the icon for his chapter. <laughs> so, um, spoiler alert. So all of these, besides the last two, were studied last by Corianin Nadil. Corianin My favorite. Nadil. All of the others on the list are just um said to have been about sleeping or dreaming in some way and because of all of this Egwene is nervous she's already spilled the tea to her sister so they already know everything about what happened in Varen's room they know about the ring they know about Corian and Nadil and so they're feeling a little bit worried too and they start to wonder like who can we trust anymore because why didn't Varen tell us this? And they suppose that since there's no pattern in which Aes Sedai left with the Black Aja, then there must be plenty of Black Aja still in the tower. And then they start to wonder about Leandrin and Sherium and Alana and even Varen. And then Egwene has an idea. Okay, so she grabs that dream ring. And before she has a chance to say or do anything, Nynaeve is like, okay, okay, don't twist my arm. I'll wear the ring. <laughs> See you on the other side. Hand it over. Good night. <laughs> and Egwene is like, um, slow your roll. I'm the one that might be a dreamer. And I picture this whole thing like the Brandy and Monica, the boy is mine video, mm-hmm. where they're like yep. just in each other's faces at the end. <laughs> and Egwene says, I'm the potential dreamer. And Nynaeve is like, well, I'm the stronger channeler. And also, is... that's really weird that you brought up Brandy because I was just listening to Brandy yeah. yesterday. Ooh, what song? Um, Full Moon and What About Us. I love Full Moon, so underrated. And I both of those. I was really surprised that What About Us was not higher on the like popular songs list. I think it was really popular at the time, wasn't it? I think so, but it must have fallen in popularity. It definitely has that like 2002 sound. Oh, you 100%. know. I remember the yeah. video. She was hitting a, a cell phone with a baseball bat in a wind tunnel. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, probably the same reason that Kelly Rowland was messaging on Microsoft Excel. Classic. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, so they're having this little face-off. And while Nynaeve is the stronger channeler, she Egwene uh, responds with, well, that's only when you're angry. And besides, Varen gave the ring to me. <laughs> So Nynaeve is like, <laughs> fine, okay, you could do it, but, you know, we'll be here for you, whatever that means on the other, like, we'll be waiting. Not sure how, <laughs> but we'll do we it. <laughs> and then suddenly they're interrupted by none other than Elsie Grinwell. BFF and cultural icon. <laughs> exactly. Horny Elsie Grinwell, who, in true White Tower fashion, just bursts in the room. That seems to be the <laughs> thing to do here. <laughs> Last we saw her, she was giving Matt the cold shoulder, and now she's just busting on in. She's on a mission, and she says she has a message from the Amerlin. Um, all the items left behind by Leandrin were in this very specific storeroom. That I'm telling you exactly where it is. And then she like glances at the papers, like in the room that they're all like what they were all doing, and then it's like bye. <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> briskly hurries away. 
And Nynaeve is like, uh, no, you don't. And like gets up and chases after her. And then Egwene is a little slower to start, but she gets up and chases after her as well. When suddenly she's stopped in her tracks by a beautiful woman that is a mystery to her, but we know it's that total beast, Lanfear, Celine, <laughs> whatever. It says, she was taller, more beautiful by far, and the look in her black eyes made Egwene feel small, scrawny, and none too clean. She can probably channel more of the power than I can too. Light, she's probably smarter than all three of us put together on top of it. It isn't fair for one woman to... Abruptly, she realized the way her thoughts were going. Her cheeks reddened and she gave herself a shake. She had never felt less than any other woman before, and she was not about to start now. And I thought, ah, I love this little part of the chapter. Because mm-hmm. even on a female and an Aes Sedai, like, Lanfear has this pull. Mm. Like, all the boys think she's beautiful and are stunning and can't get enough. Her milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> and Egwene is like, it's better than mine. <laughs> she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting. And uh, this mysterious woman responds, and she says, Bold. You are bold to go running about so alone where so many murders have been done. <laughs> Yikes. So yep. Egwene just figures this must be an Aes Sedai based on like the presence she has. And she just hasn't seen her yet. And she's like, um, can you explain? Do you know, have you seen Elsie around? And she explains who she is. And Lanfear basically says, she's far away and you'll never catch her. Um, and I'm done with you. So you can go back to your room. I'm very busy. And she points mm-hmm. past Egwene back to her chambers. And without even realizing it, Egwene just finds herself following orders. Mm-hmm. And then she stops herself and she's like, what, the, what am I doing? And she thinks to herself that she saw this woman staring at her fist earlier where she's hiding the dream ring. And she turns around to confront her, I to die or not, only to find that she has totally vanished. And she looks out into the clearing and she sees Fowlane speaking to some rando, but no Elsie, no Celine, nothing. And that is the end of my chapter. Great job. Thank you. What do you think is happening? I think Elsie from when we saw her in MASH chapter, is a dark friend. Mm, okay. And I guess, I don't know if she is an Aes Sedai yet, because she's still in her novice clothes, so she wouldn't be a black Aja, maybe. But I think she's a dark friend, and I think she's working for Baal Zaman, or at the very least, like, Lanfear. I don't know if that's a different, if they're both working towards the same thing. Probably not. So she's working for one of the two of them, I think. Okay. And I don't think she, this Leandrin left all the stuff in the room is as easy as it seems. That's too easy. Great. Well, chapter 26 is called Behind a Lock. The sigil for this chapter are Faces, which is the Black Aja. Mm -hmm. Did you ever listen to that episode of My Favorite Murder where they talk about the murder that happened at the nail salon and hair salon that was called Fingers and Faces? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it picks up right where we left off, and Egwene is kind of, like, coming to a little bit of more clarity and awareness, and she's like, wait a minute, what just happened? Where did that woman go? She had to have gone somewhere. So she starts, like, kind of rushing around, looking in the rooms around her, trying to see where this tall, commanding woman had gone, um, as Matt calls her, that maniac land here. <laughs> Inside the rooms nearest to her, the when she opens them, they're all dusty and there's thick dust on the floor and all. she doesn't see any footprints in any of the dust, just little footprints of mice. And all the rooms around her are the same. Like she opens another one, dusty, 
everything covered with tarps, no land fear. And she's coming out of the third room, and she spots Elena Nynaeve heading down a ramp behind her um, in no hurry. They're just kind of like strolling along. And Nynaeve is like, is she hiding in there? <laughs> Thinking that she's still chasing after Elsie Grinwell. And Egwene is like, I lost her, but like, where could she have gone? And Elena's like, you know, I always thought Elsie was like a little too plump to run that fast. I would have thought you could outrun her. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> and Egwene is like, no. It's someone else. Like, I turned around for a moment and she was gone. Not Elsie. Never saw Elsie. It's the woman that I thought was Elsie. And she was just gone. And I don't know where. And Elaine immediately jumps to, is this a gray man? And Egwene is like, no. And she starts to kind of describe her and is like, thinking to herself, I can't tell them that she made me feel like a six-year-old with a runny nose. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, no, you would see her in a crowd of a thousand. She's tall and striking with black eyes and black hair. And she's like, I've never seen her before, but I think she's Aes Sedai. She must be. So Nynaeve is like, okay, well, we have no time to waste. So let's head to the storeroom before Elsie tells the wrong person about it. So they make their way through the tower, and Egwene is basically ruminating on the Twisted Stone Ring and the plan to enter a Teleron Riyadh. And she's like keeping an eye out for Lanfear, who the more she thinks about it, the more she's getting a sense that there is something wrong about her. I, uh, this can't be real. This whole thing cannot be, like, why would the Amarillin trust Elsie? Right. They, and Nynaeve is, Nynaeve asks that. She's like, why is she trusting Elsie? Elsie. Of all people. So they walk toward the White Tower Library, which RJ describes as, or he writes, the library stood a little apart from the tall, thick shaft of the White Tower proper, its pale stone heavily streaked with blue, and it looked much like crashing waves frozen at their climax. So basically, the library is like a big wave of ocean waves, which is sounds amazing. You literally started that quote with tall, thick shaft and ended with I climax, knew... and you didn't say anything? <laughs> I didn't notice the climax. I just saw... I knew I knew you were going to laugh at Tall Thick Shaft. I mean, and then you said it's basically like a big, and then you didn't say anything <laughs> other than wave? <laughs> All right, Matt, get your mind out of the gutter. So, beautiful, beautiful library. And they head toward the storerooms that are underneath the library, which are, I kind of imagine, as little cellar doors that basically open vertically, and you sort of go down a set of stairs into the underground. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. Egwene starts channeling a glowing ball of bluish-white light to illuminate their passageway, and Elaine does the same. As they make their way deeper and deeper into the storerooms, Egwene is thinking to herself that it's so far (laughs) underground, and there are so few people that we could scream and scream and scream, and no one would hear a whimper. You've watched Shit's Creek, right? Yeah. Do you remember the episode where Alexis goes shopping for that little apartment, and Ray the um realtor is like oh yeah they soundproof the walls you could just scream and scream and nobody would hear anything (laughs) rj writes Egwene. she felt a lightning bolt form or the potential for one and nearly stumbled she had never before channeled two flows at once it did not seem difficult at all so we can get a sense that Egwene's power is growing Mm -hmm. still and they finally make it to the storeroom that elsie had pointed them toward and it's locked And Nynaeve immediately starts to have a full 
conniption fit and is like, a fucking lock? Are you fucking kidding me? Of course. And starts getting all worked up. And Elaine, Elaine, uh, you know, chooses tactic number one, which is the wrong one and says, calm down. <laughs> and Nynaeve's like, I don't want to calm down. And clearly she's trying to get herself all worked up so that she can channel. Mm-hmm. And while this is happening, Egwene kind of <laughs> becomes that gif of uh, women screaming in background that I love to send all the time. Is that from New Jersey? Women screaming in background. Where it's like a woman putting on makeup at, a, at one of the Real Housewives. She's like putting on makeup. I don't think uh, I've ever seen this. I thought you were talking about oh the Beverly Hills one with the cat and the and Taylor. And I was like, no, that oh can't my be God, it, no, you definitely no, know who they are. There's a gift that I send all the time. Thank you for paying attention to my messages. Excuse me. I always know your gifts. I don't think you've ever sent this one to me. It's a woman. It's one of the Real Housewives looking into a compact, and she's just, like, applying makeup, and the caption below her says, women screaming (laughs) in background. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorites. I'll have to send it to you after this. So while this is all happening, Egwene grabs hold of the lock and starts to kind of like feel it out with threads of earth. And we know from her chapters with the Shanjin that she has an affinity for earth. And she's kind of like rooting around in there. And just then she hears Nynaeve order her to move. And she sees Nynaeve coming out the door like a maniac with a crowbar channeled out of air and like shoves it in the chain and pulls with all her might. And the chain snaps like a thread and she falls backwards on her butt. And Egwene is like, um, I think I might have done something to the lock. <laughs> Nine forgives her, and they walk into the room, and in the room are 13 large bags. Each of them are tagged and sealed with the flame of Tarvalon. Yes, Matt? Well, look at that. How convenient. How convenient. 13 bags. Jackpot. Egwene moves... <laughs> Egwene moves her ball of light and attaches it to the wall and is immediately like, I don't know how I did that. And then she sees Elaine watch her having done it and then does it herself. And then she like learns it from watching Elaine who learned it from watching her. So it's like a glitch in the matrix. That was so cool. <laughs> I cool. love that detail. Egwene opens the first bag and RJ writes that she says, I don't see anything useful here. A cloak that would not do for rags, a torn half of a map of some city, tear, it says in the corner. And three sock- stockings that need darning. And Elaine says, Emiko didn't leave anything either. Wait, a book. And it's titled Customs and Ceremonies of the Tyran Court. And Nynaeve, in her bag, comes across a list of trading ships on the Aridan River with the dates that they were leaving Tarvalon destined for Tyr. And Egwene is like, well, it could be a coincidence. But they continue to tear open the bags. And after they do, Elaine says, there's too much. And essentially, there's one item in every one of the bags of the women who, uh, the Black Aja, who fled the tower. And each of those items has something to do with tear. And so Egwene is like, why wouldn't the Amerlin have told us this? Because nobody could have missed this. It's way too obvious. Mm-hmm. And so Nynaeve says, what worries me is that this is either bait or a trap or a diversion. So they wonder what to do next, and Egwene feels at the twisted stone ring and says, maybe we will know after tonight. And Nynaeve says, for now, let's take the stuff back to my room and hide it because we can't be late. We've got to get to the kitchens for kitchen duty. And Egwene thinks to herself, late, we're already step a step behind, but maybe we won't be too late. And that's the end of the chapter. Behind a lock. Oh, I love it. I... Cannot wait to find out what happens in this chapter. It was so hard not to read the next chapter. 
let me tell you, I I think it was last week when I was kind of like, what's going to happen in the next chapter? I like saw it and was like, oh my God. And then I just like kept going like chapter by chapter thinking, okay, when is a moment where it would be like, feel natural to take a little bit of a pause? Like you don't feel like you're left on a cliffhanger every time. And I was like, I just stopped looking. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every chapter pretty much from this point on, you're going to be like, oh my gosh. Well, what was your favorite part of these chapters? I guess my favorite part of the chapter was the list of the Terangriel. Yeah, I love those moments. Sorry, you say why. Oh, no, I, I just really love magical things. I like, mis- like when we learned about the, um, um, the Adam. Oh, yeah. I love like magical items or m- mysterious like things you have to try to figure out and suss. So when like Min has a viewing, I love trying to figure out what it is. So that kind of stuff mm. is like my bread and butter. I cannot wait to figure out what all those Tarongrill do. <laughs> are you going to be like one of those? Are you going to have like one of those conspiracy boards with like red red strings going from one picture of a Tarongrill to different things? I might because I'm already thinking like that little hedgehog must have to do with you know entering the dream world or something because they makes you fall asleep when you use it. I don't know. Balefire. Why do why do they need why are there thirteen Tarangriel? Why would each Aes Sedai need a Tarangriel that serves a different purpose in order to still somebody? I'm just so curious. Yeah. Mm. My favorite part <laughs> What is your <laughs> favorite you part? Asking. I'm sorry, I was not ready to ask. I was just taking a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I I love those little moments where these three... So here's one of the reasons I love the Wheel of Time. I feel like in the majority of other, like, books I started reading at the time, and often in, like, a lot of fantasy literature, I feel like there is less often a focus on the, like, women characters' intellects, like, being such strong suits. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like seeing that kind of representation. And so I love those moments where they're all, they've got like essentially scraps of nothing, like very terrible facts and information to work with. And they're just like sitting there, like taking their brains and trying to solve this puzzle of like, what could it all mean? And thinking through all the alternatives and being like, but what about this? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I like that moment because I feel like it really highlights that they're good, like puzzle solvers. Yeah. And I like their interactions during those moments. So you could see how they kind of like counterbalance one another. It feels like a very natural conversation. Yes, definitely. Love it. Well, great. Well, if you would like to help us grow, the very best thing you can do is to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to our episodes. And also tell a friend because it's really helpful. It helps us grow. Uh, Word of mouth is huge. And we love chatting with you guys. We love connecting with our listeners. So please send us anything you want to our email, (laughs) almost anything you want, at coolstorypod at gmail.com. And find us on Instagram at coolstorypod or Twitter at coolstorypod1. Thanks for listening to Cool Story. See you next week. Bye. Bye.